Brother Nathan said he bet me a great big old steak dinner. I couldn't preach longer than I did this morning. Didn't you? <laughs> See, that proves he said it because he had to get out of Dodge. Amen. No, I don't think that'll happen tonight. I don't think it will, not unless a whole lot of stuff comes down from the heavens. Amen. Uh, 2 Peter chapter number 2, 2 Peter chapter number 2. I'm not going to get mad at him if he does, amen. But anyway, uh, 2 Peter chapter 2, 2 Peter chapter number 2. And I am going to preach to you tonight about the, the damnation of desperation. It's bad. It'll, yeah. it'll tear you all to pieces. Damnation wear you out mentally and physically. I preached to you a, lo, a, good, a good while back. I probably... 2015 or 16, somewhere along there, about the, the uh, damnation of isolation. The Bible says that's not good for a man to be alone. And when he says that, you can just bank on it's not good for anybody to be alone. Some of you might be having some trouble in your heart or in your mind. I recommend first thing, you get out and do something. And get out and uh, get yourself a friend. So, well, you know how super spiritual people, the Lord is my friend. Well, if the Lord's your friend, why are you so down in the dumps all the time? Now, lots of things can be happening. Uh, you know, some people get all worried because uh, basically they hadn't been doing what they ought to. That'll wear you out. You know, uh, these uh, folks that's, you know, running from the law and stuff like that, they don't have no peace. And you don't have to be running from the law to have that same mindset. You be, uh, have to be a breaker of God's law. Or you can be uh, out of fellowship with your wife or with your husband. Or uh, having a bad relationship with you or bad fellowship with your children. Different things like that. And uh, so, I mean, that causes you all kinds of problems. But uh, get busy. And if you're not busy for the Lord, get busy for the Lord. If you're not busy physically... Get busy physically. Get out and do something. Get some things done. I, I have to get on to myself about that. I'm probably one of the laziest people I know. And I know me better than anybody else. But you've got to make yourself get up and do a little something. Amen. So, uh, the, the, uh, isolation. Being isolated from everybody. That, that's bad for you. It's not good for a man to be alone, the Bible says. And now every once in a while you've got to get off to yourself and pray. And read your Bible. And uh, maybe you get separated from people because of what you believe or something like that. Maybe sometimes there will be separation between family members or something like that. But there's somebody somewhere that believes close enough the way you do. You can get with them, be, fellowship, uh, be fellowshipping with them. And uh, probably, you know, uh, after you go fishing with them five or six times, we'll say, go, visit, go on visitation with me sometime. Do, do something for the Lord. It'll change your life. Amen. One day this week, we're going to, uh, me and these fellas that come with me, we're going to go out and do some visitation, hand out some tracts and different things like that. Uh, might even preach on the street if we can find three people to preach to in Folkston. Amen. You never, you never can tell. Me and Nathan's went uptown many a times up there in front of the post office. Just ain't nobody there. And, uh, I, you know, well, go ahead and preach anyway. I just, I just, I like to preach to people, amen. If I showed up here tonight and nobody else showed up, I wouldn't go ahead and keep preaching, amen. I'd just go eat a hot dog or something, amen. And uh, we added hot dogs to the menu. We were talking about ice cream this morning. Brother Nathan announced that we added hot dogs to the menu. So, what a blessing that'll be, amen. 
So I'm going to preach real fast so I, you don't believe that, do you? Uh, I'm going to preach real fast so we can get to the hot dogs. No, I better not say that. The Lord might give me a stomachache or something like that. Preaching more important than hot dogs, but they will be. They will be some over there. Amen. So let's look at the scripture tonight. Second Peter chapter 2. Second Peter chapter 2. I'm going to read uh, from verse number 18. Uh, we're going to preach out of verse number 2, but I want to start reading in verse number 18. Because that might give me something extra to say. Amen. I've got to find something to fill 30 minutes worth of time. Amen. You know a preacher would lie. Have you ever read the book of Philippians? <laughs> I, I, I'm not spiritual enough. I can't remember how many chapters and verses is in Philippians. But about in the middle of the book somewhere he says, Finally, my brethren. That's just the preacher says, Now I'm going to say this and I'm going to quit. And 45 minutes later he's still talking. <laughs> Well, middle of the book, finally, my brethren, and then he says it again at the end of the book, finally, my brethren. He, preachers are all the same throughout all time, amen? And that's the way it should be. He said he was leading us in that song, rather be an old-time Christian. I don't think there is any other kind of Christian. Well, I like the new stuff and the contemporary stuff. I don't like it at all. I don't think it's Christianity. I think it's Hollywood or Nashville being sold. Most of those songs written by Nashville. Somebody in Nashville probably not even saved writing that stuff. And I saw some guys talking not too long ago. They was talking about most of them people singing contemporary music ain't even Christians. They don't even believe. But they can't get a job for they can't get a job from country music. They ain't good enough. Uh, but they're good enough to fool some suckers. Amen. Uh, you know Christians are not judgmental no more. So if somebody's not judgmental you can pull the wool over their eyes. They gotta, if you're not judgmental, you've got to accept everything. And listen, the Lord don't accept everything. Amen. What, if, if I accept something that the Lord don't accept, that means I, that's a sin, ain't it? Is that a sin? Could you define sin that way? Well, some of this non-judgmental stuff you're hearing from the pulpit today is telling you to commit sins. Amen. The Bible says not only... Well, you know, judge not lest you be judged, quoting this. But did you, how about quoting the part that said the righteous judges all things? Amen. All things. You, you know, when they talk about salvation, Brother Earl, they say, uh, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so they say salvation for all that believe. All. All means all, don't it? Well, the righteous man judgeth all things. All means all, don't it? Well, see, the devil, I think most, uh, most of these preachers getting their message from the devil. Amen. Amen. I believe that. Boy, I'd hate to, uh, I check myself on a regular basis. I really do. But I'd hate to get to heaven, Brother Chris, and find out I was preaching the devil's message. The devil's message. The devil's message. Just do what feels right. That's the devil's message. That's the devil's message. Amen. Well, I don't know how I got on that, but I needed to fill a few minutes there. Uh, let's read verse number 18. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escape from them who live in error. Uh, I like that verse. I was telling somebody one time messing around with uh, speaking in tongues and all that stuff, and I, I was trying to show them Scripture, and they, you know, it's right there on the page. Yeah, but no, I'm, right there. I'm not talking about what we think or what I think or what you think. This is what it says on the page right here. And that, well, but I think, well, see, you can't, you can't uh, have a conversation like that. 
Uh, when I'm telling you what I believe about the Bible, if I'm telling you what I think, I need to close the Bible and not pretend that it's in the Bible. Uh, so a fellow said he got it out of the Bible. He had to get it out of the Bible because it ain't in the Bible. Amen. <laughs> so, but at any rate, uh, if I'm going to tell you what I think, then I can close the Bible and give you some guesses or something like that. And they may be right and they may be wrong. But, you know, but I, I read that verse here and I said, uh, them that were clean escaped from them that, who live in error. So if you got something like that and somebody's hard-headed about something, you don't have to argue with them. The Bible says... Uh, a heretic, he says you're to reject them after the first or second admonition. You ain't got to argue with them 50 times about the thing. You tell them the truth. They didn't get it. You Before you go back, figure out a better way to say what you did say or say something different. Give them a different argument. The Bible says those that are clean escape from them that live in error. And that's what we want to do. We want to escape. Amen. If I was a Calvinist, I'd want to escape. I'm not a Calvinist. Amen. Uh, you can be a Catholic or a Calvinist or a Christian, but you can't be any two of those things, or especially three of them. Amen. And uh, that Calvinism is Catholicism, but most people don't know about that. But, but at any rate, uh, if you want to know the truth, you can find it. And I believe this, Curtis. I don't even believe you really need a preacher to tell you what the book Now, the Bible says that God gave us pastors and teachers to tell us what's going on. But the Bible also says we have an unction from the Holy One. And you got the Holy Spirit in your heart. If you're saved and you got God's Spirit in your heart, you can say, now, Lord, is this true? Is this true or is this just some recycled stuff that I believe? Now, if I got saved, if a preacher led me to the Lord, I'd, be, I'd have some kind of an affection for him. If he told me the truth, I'd trust him in that. But I can look in my Bible and find out if it's right or it's wrong. And if it's wrong, I can still have fellowship with the guy. Unless, you know, if he's sending people to hell, I couldn't do that. But if he told me how to get saved, then obviously he knows something. So you don't have to lose your mind and just reject everything. But when something's wrong, you can just say, hey, I, I don't see it that way. And the Bible, I thank God for the liberty that's in Christ. Because the Bible says, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. And I believe if you're looking for the truth, you can find it. You will be persuaded in your own mind. And the, the problem is a lot of people look for Bible truth like villains look for sheriffs. Amen. They're just not looking that hard. They're not looking that hard. Amen. But the Bible says them that were clean, those that were clean escape from them that live in error. Amen. And then it says while they promised them liberty, somebody's preaching liberty, preaching liberty, preaching liberty. But they themselves are the servants of corruption, for whom, for of whom a man is overcome of the same as he is uh, the of the same is he brought in bondage. Somebody not going to tell you a lie and then not take advantage of it. Amen. Uh, let me give you a very strong illustration. This probably doesn't apply to you. I hope it don't. But if somebody got you hooked on drugs, you think they're going to leave you alone? That's what that verse is saying. If you're overcome by somebody, they're going to take advantage of it to the fullest. They're going to keep buying from you, until, or they're going to keep selling to you until they're dead. They're talking about this movie, everybody. Isn't it funny how Hollywood got, gets upset about a movie about trafficking children? Why would they get upset about that? I wonder why somebody, I mean, I'm not going to go see 
a movie like that. I don't, I don't even want to support the idea of it or the thought of it. Uh, you know, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. If it helps somebody, God bless them. If they need money to buy bullets to go get some of them kids, I'd be glad to donate to their cause. But, but at any rate, I don't need a movie to tell me something's wrong. Amen. But, when, but I, sometimes I thank God for the eye-opener. If somebody makes a movie about helping children, somebody gets mad about it. I'm kind of suspicious about them kind of folks now. Amen? And you ought to be too. If you're not suspicious, I, I'm suspicious of you. Amen. It says, while they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption, for of, a ma- uh, uh, for of whom a man is overcome, the same, of the same is he brought in bondage. That's what I was telling you about this political mess this morning. They're trying to get an advantage over you. They're not getting advantage over you so they can help you out. They're trying to get an advantage over you so they, so they get more advantage. and more, They're trying to overcome you, bring you into bondage. Amen. Well, that's not the sermon tonight. Let's read verse 20. For, I know what you're saying. The sermon's getting longer and longer. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I, I want you to just recognize how much information that is. They escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Knowing more about Jesus, knowing more facts about Him, more teachings about Him, more doctrines about Him, the more you know about Him, the more pollution you can escape from. That's what that verse says. I mean, see, a preacher might preach to you or preach at you, and that might help you out. But the thing you really need is to come to the altar after church, dedicate your life to the Lord, go home and start say, Lord, I want to know as much about you as I possibly can. A verse in uh, Colossians chapter 1 says, increasing in the knowledge of God. He said, strengthen with all might according to his glorious uh, power uh, unto all patience. And long-suffering with joyfulness. And it says increasing with the knowledge of God. That's increasing, increasing. He wants you to be strengthened. He wants you to be joyful. He wants you to have patience. He wants you to have long-suffering. But along with that goes, know more about God. Find out more about God. Find, boy, I tell you, I seen this preacher boy. He was a preacher. And man, I tell you what, he was the best preacher you ever seen. And boy, I just, I want to follow him around the country and find out all there is. I want to read all of his books. Hey, you better dedicate that, uh, that kind of devotion to God. Right. Amen. Now, if you're a good preacher, I want to listen to you. I want to listen to you. I listened to Dale Hawks. Dale Hawks was a man around the church. He just drive a bus and spend his whole life. He just retired. He's 78 years old and he spent his whole life. People laugh at him. He's a little short fat man and people laughed at him because he wouldn't, he wasn't, uh, you know, a uh, big time evangelist. He'd carry his little tin around and show the Burning Hell film. And I don't know ever, how many of you ever seen the Burning Hell film. It's a little out of date now, but the truth is still there. Uh, but he'd carry a little orange tin around and set up that and show that movie and then uh, give a little invitation. Maybe three or four people in the town show up to that thing. He just kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it. Man, I said, I'm going to if I look him up and looked him up, man, preaching, preaching just as good as any other preacher I've ever heard on the planet. 
You might say, well, I like this preacher, I like that preacher. I like old Dale Hawks, amen. I remember when I was in, uh, I remember when I was in youth camp as a little boy, our church built a youth camp and a softball field and a water slide you were sure to break something on and just, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff, indoor swimming pool, boys get their time and then the girls went no Mitch bathing, right Plains Baptist Church, amen. That wasn't, that wasn't going to happen, but it was a good little time and had a good little camp there. Oh, Brother Dale Hawks got stuck with that job just like he got stuck with every other job. He was glad to do it because he was faithful. He wanted to know about the Lord. He wanted to serve the Lord. He wanted to tell somebody about the Lord. And that makes him as good as any preacher you'll ever find right there. Amen. And so a man that's faithful, well, certainly he's faithful to read the Bible and study and pray. If that fella gets up, to, if a faithful man gets up to speak, well, he's going to say something worth hearing. Amen. I like it that way. I like it that way. And you know what he's doing? He's preaching the same stuff he was preaching back in 1974 and 1975. And I started going there in 1974 and that same preaching. He's doing the same preaching that was being done way back then. Didn't need to change a thing. One soul after soul after soul after soul. Dale Hawks probably filled up most of the churches in that county up there. He's a good man. He's a good man. Amen. I like that kind of. I like that kind of. I like that kind of thing. But what he done is he just learned more about God and more about God and more about God, and he escaped a lot of corruption that way. You said, "Can a man live holy?" Sure, they can. Sure, they. If you escape in corruption, you're living holy. Amen. You've separated yourself. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. Now he says, it's better for them not to have known. How in the world could you ever say, better for them not to have known? Who the Lord is, not to know, uh, not to know the Lord. That seems like a very strange statement, don't it? It's better for them. But what is he saying? He said it's better for them not to know Him than to get to know Him and start to serve Him and start to learn about Him and then turn back over to the weak and beggarly elements of the world and then get overcome by that. The Lord Jesus Christ gave the same example when He said when an unclean spirit is gone out of a man, it walketh through dry places and is returned. When He returns, He finds that man's heart empty, swept, and garnished. It's good to get your heart swept out and cleaned out and garnished up. You know, garnish is stuff you put around to make everything look nice. Like a white shirt and a tie and suit and stuff like that. Amen? Garnish up. It looks like a Christian now. He smells a little bit like a Christ, uh, Christian now. And he acts like a Christian now. But that big key word in that verse when the Lord says that is it's empty. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, he says, he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, he says that he's called to be an apostle separated unto the gospel of God. He didn't say he was separated from cigarettes. He didn't say he was separated from beer. He didn't say he was separated from the world. He said he was separated unto the gospel. See, a lot of people are doing their best to get rid of that stuff, but if you separate unto the gospel. If you cleave to the gospel, you're leaving that stuff behind. The gospel's good news. That's bad news. You say, well, I like it, and I don't feel no conviction about it. Well, maybe you need to get out in the barn and pray that you do get some conviction about it. Amen? Amen. Well, now you do what you do and serve the Lord. If you can serve the Lord doing what you're doing, do it. Do it. 
Amen. Like I say, let every man be fully persuaded in his own, own mind. You want to drink yourself a beer while you're witnessing for Christ? Join the, uh, join the uh, recovering fundamentalists. That's exactly the kind of life they got, ministry they got. Amen. Talk like a sissy while you're doing it. Amen. Amen. That, that's right. That's right. All of these guys that are now getting on the internet talking about these fundamentalists and people like, hey, if there's a bad fundamentalist, kick them in the teeth. If they're messing with kids, kick them in the teeth. If they're doing something wrong, if they're stealing from the church, if they're running around with other men's wives, that ain't no fundamentalist. That's one of these guys that this passage is talking about right here. Hey, man, anybody can sin. Anybody can fail. I know that. But a lot of these people, they didn't fall. They did that. They jumped on their face. They did that on purpose. Amen? Hey, you don't, you know, we, we was talking about this the other day, and I keep hearing it from preachers, and it's stupid, so don't say amen. They say the only thing wrong with David is he took a second look. He didn't take no second look. You show me in the Bible where it says David took a second look. Huh? There's something going on there beforehand. What's he doing up on the roof? And what's she doing up on the roof? You don't take a bath on the roof. You ever got it into your mind to crawl up here on top of the roof and take a shower? It don't work like that. That's stupid. Listen, you, don't, you can walk away from something you see and your mind's still looking. And I don't believe, I don't, listen, David had the same problem everybody in this building has. You wrapped up in flesh. Uh, you remember when, uh, when David uh, wanted some food? He said, man, I need some food. I remember, there's this guy that lives over here. He says, uh, when his shepherds was out in the field, I went and took care of those fellas. I bet if I went and asked him for some food, I bet, I'll bet you that he would help me out. And when he went up there and asked, the Bible says that was a son of Belial. Amen. Uh, well, there's some ways to go. You can go from right there. But... That's what it says, said that was a son of Belial. That was a wicked, mean man. People didn't even want to talk to that man. David said, I need, need something from you. I need some help here. He said, you get off of my property. That's the, the Michael Easter version. He said, you better get out of here. I ain't got nothing to do with you. You betrayed the king. So David runs off and he goes, boys, we're going to kill him dead. Boy, that's kind of exciting, ain't it? <laughs> uh, David's a man after God's own heart. David's a man of war. God is a man of war. Amen. So the man's wife, the mean old man has a good wife. How does mean old men get good wives? Amen. I'm still trying to figure out how I did it. Amen. Got a good wife. But, hey, some of the dumbest of us get good wives, don't we? Amen. Amen. Hey, I don't know how it happens, but it happens. The best thing to do, ladies, get them one to God so David don't come kill them. Amen. Amen. Man of God, kill them if you don't get a hold of them. Amen. Anyway, David says, we're going to go kill that fella, and he's on his way to kill him. He's not playing or pretending. It's not a show of force. Nothing like that. He don't fight like a Democrat, amen. He's coming to kill them folks. And Abigail is the lady's name. She gets a bunch of food and she comes out to him and said, hey, please don't kill my husband. He's so stupid. Here, take care of this stuff. You know, I, I believe with all my heart, David looked at that woman and says, I'd like to be married to her. You say, how do you know that? Because as soon as he was dead, David went and picked her up. And she went with him. You ever thought about the fact that, uh, uh, you know, Bathsheba, she, she didn't say, no, I don't believe I'll come over there today. Right. 
It's not a one-sided street. David always gets a bad end of that deal. No, sir, I don't believe that. You know what the problem is? You wrapped up in flesh, and there ain't no such thing as preacher flesh or deacon flesh. It's just flesh. That's all it is. That's all it is. Amen? Amen. That's right. But he says this. He says, but as it happened unto them, verse number 22. Let me get on with the message. I'm about to break my word. But it has happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again. Now, ain't that such a wonderful picture? Ain't that a wonderful picture? Brother Mike, what in the world does this have to do with desperation? You, you'll see. Just don't run or go to the nursery or the bathroom. We'll get it. We'll get it. The dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed in her wallowing in the mire. I don't really like the way he assigned gender to that. Don't, don't they know that we're living in a pronoun-friendly age? <laughs> Amen. The dog is turned to its own vomit. That ain't what it says, is it? That's a, he making an association of a dog with a man. You bunch of old dogs. Dogs. Does your beard ever itch? Yes, sir. Same way with the dog, amen? That's, listen, I'm not shaving my beard off every five months because I want to grow it out again. The stinking thing itches, man. I can't hardly stand it. Anyway, that's a totally different story. But the, the Bible says you men, you're like dogs. Don't discount it. Oh, not me. Oh, not me. He said, oh, that's talking about a lost man. No, this is talking about a man that's come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and been overcome by something else, and he's went back to it. The dog is turned to his own vomit again. And the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. I wish you could have seen Preacher Lackey illustrating this passage. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Preacher Lackey is the most wonderful preacher that I've ever known. That fellow could preach. Anyway, he said, the sow is, ladies, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the female side of the equation, amen? God don't worry about pronouns. It's a him and a her, amen? Amen. All you boys ought to come in tomorrow with haircuts, amen? Amen. Just so, just so there's no danger of getting no, let's say, we'll do an inspection. Boy, what in the world have you got in your hair? <laughs> I believe that's 10W30 right there. <laughs> Let me see. Put your head down here. Now, if that gets a little bit longer, you'll be able to put it in one of them man buns. Amen? <laughs> no, I ain't. You fellas got more motor oil in your head than my Chevrolet got. <laughs> Amen. That's all right. I don't care. I don't really care what other men do. It's just funny. Amen. I'm trying to lighten the load because I'm about to say something about pigs and <laughs> girls. Amen. Uh, but and this just goes so well. This goes so well with this morning's length of service. Amen. Amen. He said, preacher, like he said, read this, he was reading this verse and he said, I know what's wrong with you, bless God. You want to get out from here so you can run down to your house and slip back onto that couch in front of that TV like that old hog goes back to his wall in the mirror. And he get in there and just, ooh, ooh. He's illustrating how that pig, you ever seen a pig get them all cleaned up and they go back in there and they get down in that mud and they just, ugh. They just happy as they can be right there in that stuff, amen. And that's what Preacher Lackey said. He said, you wait so you can get out of here so you can slip back down to your house and get in front of that TV and just slide up in that mud and muck it. Ooh, ooh, you're so happy there, amen. 
Why don't you get that comfortable when you come to church? Uh, see, now some of you was actually mad at me this morning because I preached so long. But if you watch Lord of the Rings, that's three hours long. I thought one of their cast members had visited us. <laughs> huh? Three hours. Three hours long. Don't tell me I preached too long, you devil. I felt bad about it for about 10 or 12 minutes, and then I remembered Lord of the Rings. Amen. Almost everybody under 50 seen it here. I know you have. Watched it and liked it and probably went and seen all three of them. I did. <laughs> hey, I don't care. I go to church. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Tolkien, probably better Christian than half of you folks anyway. Baptists sing like Presbyterians. It must be. Must be, amen. We'll get them singing loud by the end of the week, Brother Tommy. Amen. Amen. Just like an old hog going back to the mire. You ever wonder what they clean them up? They'll get right back in there. Preacher, like he used to say, the curl in the pig's tail don't mean nothing. Curl it up and put a little bow tie on the end of its tail and clean it up. That's still a hog. Them things is eat for eating, not petting. Amen. Amen. On the day of Pentecost, the Lord opened the door to eating hogs and catfish and everything else. And amen. 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 That's a wonderful thing, ain't it? Amen. Thank God for bacon. Amen. Bacon, bacon, bacon. Amen. It's a wonderful thing. Wonderful thing. Amen. I got to thinking about bacon and lost my place. Lost where I was going. The dogs turned to it. I don't think you could find... That part about the man, though, the woman thing, I'm going to leave that alone for right now. But that what it said about the dog turned to his own vomit, that's about the most disgusting thing I could even think of, amen? Uh, Joyce looks like she's going to throw up right now, amen? That's, that's nasty stuff. That's nasty. You know what's wrong with that dog? He's desperate. He is desperate. Now, I know you can train dogs pretty good. You can train people pretty good. But you can train dogs pretty good. Uh, I've seen people train their dogs and say, watch this, and drop the food in the bowl and the dog's sitting there waiting. But that ain't natural. That ain't no. Look real close. Look real close next time you see what that dog's doing. Now that dog's just minding his own business, watching TV or something. And you take that little dog bowl and you set it out there and just set it down. And even if you've got him trained real good, he'll go. And then the owner of the dog goes and puts the food in it. You see that nervousness get in them. You know what he is? He's desperate. You can get a well-fed dog and throw an old steak out, and he'll jump on it and devour it before, you, before the dirt can even get on it real good. You, don't, you can test that theory out any day of the week. You can, t you can walk by and take something red that just looks like food. It might be an old rag or something. Just throw it out and boy, he'll run over there. Oh, he's sniffing it, trying to get somebody's smell. He thought it was food. You throwed it down. He was going to try to eat it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Amen. That's exactly right. I've seen old dogs and stuff eat their puppies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say, why? They're desperate. Right. See, well, that's what we was talking about evolution this morning. Huh? Ain't no evolution. If there is evolution, we all animals. Amen. That's why he said you was like a dog, fellas. 
That's why he said you was like a pig, ladies. Ain't that, ain't that wonderful preaching? If that was on video, I guarantee you that would get clipped up, amen. <laughs> they might even leave that in context, amen. But anyway, that's what the Bible says about it. And you know what I find about fellas, especially fellas your age right there? Desperate. Desperate. I'm not saying they can't be a good Christian. I'm saying people your age. I think deal's pretty good, amen. It's a big deal. Amen, I like him. We need more young Christian fellas like him. But the big danger of fellas his age, desperate. I got to get me a car. I got to get me one. Mama shows up with the 84 Escort. No, Mama. No, no Mama. That ain't the one I wanted. Or you say, Mama, I'd like a new pair of Jordans. I'd like a new pair of hunting boots. I'd like... And Mama comes home with them plastic Nikes from Taiwan, you know, not the real ones. <laughs> and, no, Mama, uh, that ain't the one. That, that ain't the one. Mama, I didn't want Wranglers. I wanted Levi's. Uh, you know what they are? They're desperate. They're not desperate really after the car or the clothes or the shoes. They're desperate for that girl they're trying to impress. Amen. Desperate, desperate, desperate. Amen? Ain't that the truth about young men? Absolutely. Now you get a little bit older, that desperation turns to something else. Right. Man, I, I, I got to, man, I have got to have $16 an hour. I just, I got to have it. I got to be able to have this kind of house. I got to have this kind of internet. I got to have this kind of stuff. And I know Ruth's sitting there going, you're one to talk about being particular because I am kind of particular, amen, but I know this. I can take it or leave it. I can have it. Listen, I've survived without it. If I've learned any lesson, I thank God for the blessings he's given me, Brother Curtis. But I, I, can, I can enjoy the things I've got now, but I can also, I know I can live without it. I know I can live without it. You go back and look at some pictures of me when I was little. Uh, I said, when you was little, Brother Mike? I think you must be mistaken. You are little right now. Well, you should have seen me back in the day. I was little. I was frail. You say, why? You, you was you on a diet? No, I wasn't on a diet. I didn't have nothing. Didn't have nothing. Amen? And guess what? I, I felt better back then than I do now. Amen? But you know what? Men get desperate. Desperate. They'll get so desperate if they can't get $16 an hour, they'll steal a few extra dollars. Desperation will get you in trouble. Huh, being desperate over that girl gets you the wrong girl. Yeah. Amen. Some of you ladies might have got the wrong guy. But we ain't talking about girls right now. We're talking about guys. Amen. Some of you guys might have got the wrong girls. I don't know. I'm not talking about who you're with right now. But I'll tell you what. I'll bet you there's more than one person in this room with the relationship they regret. Amen. While you ladies are getting together and while you men are getting together going hunting and you ladies are getting together sewing blankets or whatever you ladies do. I don't, I've, never been a, I've never been on a ladies' outing. I don't know what you're doing. I don't even care what you're doing. I know I ain't going to enjoy it, so I ain't going with you. Amen. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. I, I know more than one of you in this room got a relationship in your past you regret. And the only reason you got into it, you're desperate. They probably dressed like somebody in Hollywood or had the clothes on or it's fixed up, that put their makeup on and fix their hair just right. Why don't they come over like they woke up? <laughs> uh, ain't nobody doing that because everybody's liars. The hogs and the dogs, all liars. And you jump right on that because you're desperate. 
And then six or eight months later, Mama, he ain't treating me good. Daddy, can you believe she done that to me? I mean, I just can't believe she done that to me. I can't believe she acted like that. I thought she was the best girl ever. That's because you was looking at her looks and you wasn't looking at her heart. You was desperate. And the, the consequences of desperation, never, never fun. Never fun. I've, I've hardly seen anybody in my life make a desperate decision and come out of it as a good thing. It turn, it, it's not going to turn out like you hoped. And it's so easy on the front side of that to convince yourself, well, this is okay. This is going to be all right. I, maybe I can change them. Or going back to that fellow that's desperate for the money and he starts stealing or something like that. Uh, I can get away with it. And God help you if you get away with it the first time. If you'd have got caught the first time, maybe they would have just slapped you on the wrist. But man, I got... I can get a little more. I can get a little more. I can go a little further. Who do you know that's been through something like that? You know. You know it's going to be that way. And I'm here to tell you tonight, I'm not preaching to the people down in town. I'm preaching to these people right here. I know there's somebody sitting in this building desperate for some kind of change in their situation. It ain't going to turn out right. Don't make a desperate decision. There's damnation behind it. You say, what is damnation? Ruined, ruined dreams for one. Got this idea of what your life's going to be like, what your finances are going to be like. And the best thing to do is not get no uh, big ideas about that. I mean, you can have goals and ambitions. Look, I want to get a career, and I want to build a house, and I want to be self-sufficient. It's good to have goals, set goals, and fulfill those goals. But you're talking about somebody that's working towards something, not sitting on their backside, wallowing in the mire, saying, boy, I wish I had that. Now, when you start using that word wish, now you're talking about desperation. Sitting on the, side, on the street corner, not doing nothing, saying, I wish I had a car like that. Oh, I wish I had a car like that. I'll catch myself sometimes. I'll tell Ruth. Ruth started making a list one time, and I said, you ain't nothing but a smart aleck. <laughs> Every time I say, boy, I'd like to have one of those, she'd write it down on the list. And she pulled it out on me one time. Should I add this to the list as well? What kind of list you got? I write down everything you say you want. She wasn't intending to get it for me. She just wanted the list so she could say. Link. <laughs> Link she got me though. She got me. But that didn't cause me to stop looking. It just caused me to stop telling her. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> but if you, if you ain't careful, you'll be sitting around, man, I, I'd like to have that. Man, i got to have that. There ain't no way I can get it. And that desperation turned into all kinds of junk. Uh, I think there's a lot of truth in the fact that you get over a lot of depression by being active. I believe there's a lot of truth in that. But some of that stuff is because you're wishing for stuff you ain't never going to be willing to work for. And it, it's not... It's not really depression that you're dealing with in that case. It's actually, it's actually bitterness because you want something and you're not willing to work to get it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Not willing to work to get it. You know, some people want the love of their children, but they're not willing to put in the work that that takes. Well, my children got to love me automatically. Not, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says, honor your father and mother. You're going to have to build the love. If you, listen, let me give you some revelation tonight. If you're not lovable... You ain't going to be loved. Amen. You'll look around one day and all your friends will be bitter. And you'll just be one of the, one of the gang that's enabling a bunch of bitter mutts. 
or pigs, whichever the case might be. I'm trying to tread lightly, but I don't want to hurt your feelings. I got a lot of respect for you ladies, but that's, the, that's what the Bible says about the thing. Amen. So you can just ask yourself, am I acting like a pig or am I acting like a lady? Christian lady. They don't call me no. Don't call me no pig. Don't act like one. Amen. Amen. Is that right? Preacher, you better not call me no dog. I'll whoop up on you. No, no, you won't neither. Amen. But listen, don't act like no dog. Amen. Amen. Don't act like no dog. People won't. He's all judgmental. What that means is when they throw that thing around, oh, they're being judgmental. What that means is they want to do wrong and get away with it. Nobody call them into question on it. When the preacher starts saying, hey, we don't want to preach no hard stuff. We don't want to tell somebody that's wrong. We just want to help them. We just want to encourage. That's the keynote word. That's the key word. We want to encourage you. Now, what they actually want to do is they're living like hell when they're by themselves or with their buddies. And if they start preaching that way to you, they'll be found out or something like that. And they don't want to go with that. Uh, I'd rather, they, uh, they'd rather live like the devil with a congregation that lives like the devil than to try to fix that congregation's problems. Oh, only God can fix problems, but the Lord called you to preach the word if you're called to preach. Amen. You're to, be a, you're to be a help, a minister. You're not a doctor. You're not fixing bones. What are you fixing then? You're a veterinarian helping the dogs and the pigs. Amen. Uh, the solution is ivermectin, ain't it, brother? Amen. 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 That's exactly right. Look, back up there in verse 19, it says, While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. Boy, read that and look at it a little bit. There's a lot of truth in that verse. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. You know what they're doing? They're doing now, the, you know what they're doing now? Uh, the, the government's trying to trying to gender or foster desperation in you. They want you to be desperate. All these people out here got these ARs. Well, where's the law-abiding citizens that's doing that? They're not doing that. Where's the Republicans that's doing that? I'm wondering why, I'm wondering why Democrats hadn't been labeled as a terrorist organization. All these shootings of Democrats doing that. If you're a Democrat, you, uh, I used to say, well, it's not Democrat or Republican. But I'm telling you, if you're a Democrat, you need to get right with God. Yeah. I don't know how you could vote any ticket that supports abortion. Yeah. I don't see that. that. That one thing all by itself is enough to, for me to say, I ain't voting that way no more. Uh, now, independent, oh, I just vote independent. No, that independence compromising conservatives. Them independents is aborters too, amen? No, sir, going to stay away from that. But you know what they do? They say this, oh, we're going to pass these laws for your safety. And you know what they're saying now? They're saying you have a right to safety. You don't have no right to safety. Listen here, if I've got a right to safety, then who do I sue if something happens to me? The guy that assaulted you. No, I'm going to sue the government. If, you, if the government guarantees my safety and I get hurt, it's their fault. You can't guarantee safety. Listen, anything that's a right, you can guarantee it. That's right and true. What they're doing is they're trying to make you nervous. And, and, and in all reality, you do, you do have reason to be nervous in this society. If a society will abort their babies, they'll cut your throat and break into your house and take everything you got. 
If an ideology that a person has will allow them to abort their babies, they'll steal your wife. They'll steal your husband. Listen, you get around a bunch of liberals, watch out for your husband. Watch out for your wife. Watch over your children. What are you protecting your children from? I'm protecting them from you, buddy. I don't know you. I don't think this of you. I don't know nothing about you. And as long as I don't know, my children be right here. You, you keep your distance till I know if you love the Lord Jesus or not. Amen. You're going to judge it? I'm going to judge it as long as the day is. You can't do nothing about it. And your favorite preacher can't do nothing about it neither. He can howl and cry about it until the Lord comes if he wants to. But that's the kind of preaching that a person ought to get. Hey, you don't, you don't get to the point where you're desperate over things. The Bible says safety is of the Lord. Safety is of the Lord. Listen, if you're taking medicine, uh, health and well-being is of the Lord. Listen, if you're taking medicine for some kind of sickness you got, you better take it and pray about it. But I recommend you go over the book of Proverbs and find out where long life comes from. Amen. Uh, There's no guarantee in anything, but the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, if you want long life and good days, you need to walk according to the law of the Lord. And walk according to the law of your mom and dad. Some of you kids not listening to your mom and daddy, you think you're smarter than your mom and daddy. You're you're on dangerous ground. That's your mama and that's your daddy. They tell you to do something. You go do it first and come back and say, why did I have to do that? If you want to say, why do I got to do that? You say that. You say, Mom, I want to have a good talk with you today. And sit down and talk about it. It'd be good for you mamas to sit down with them daughters and talk to them anyway. And then after you get done talking about why they ought to do this or that, then to ask them how they're doing. You know those mamas and daddies on this planet, they ain't asked their kids how they felt or thought about anything in the last 20 years. You ought to do that once in a while. They ought to get some, well, I show my kid I care for him by watching over him. Why not be their friend? Uh, junior, I don't like the friends you've got. <laughs> well, they probably don't like the friends they don't have. Yeah. You. They probably like, the, if you don't want them to have all them friends, you be a friend. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's my good boy right there. That's my good boy. And I'm his good dad. Amen. You say, y'all buddies? We buddies. Amen. Yeah. Well, I don't do things like that. That's why your kid's full of the devil. Amen. You're welcome. Amen. Not apologizing for that. Desperation. There's damnation in it. Amen. People are desperate for comfort. That's what that hog's doing. You clean it up, it'll go get back in the mud. Comfort. 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 You ever seen a drunkard get off a drink and start going to church, and then before long they sit back out there drinking again? Some of it's addiction, but you know what some of it else is? They're more comfortable with them people. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. You get two old boys go drinking and hunting together, they'll be friends for life. You get to come into church, maybe get them to come to church a couple of times, nobody talk to them. Yeah. I'm not saying this church, but I know there's a lot of churches that way. I know there's a lot of churches out there. Man, there's some rough characters in here. If you can't make a friend at People's Baptist Church, you got yourself a problem, buddy. I'll tell you what, amen. Uh, we've seen some strange rangers come through these doors. <laughs> yes, sir. I'll tell you what. <laughs> That's funny to think about, man. Man, I'll tell you what. But listen, there's been many a fella get in a church and sit around people. You know, people get upset at you because you don't believe some pet doctrine that don't make no sense, no way. Well, I tell you what, I got to leave here. I can't. Man, stupid stuff like that. They feel more comfortable out there. Yeah. Right. Well, I, we've had people get mad and you know, get out from underneath our church because Brother Mike don't believe the cap theory. 
Well, I've been telling you to come prove it to me for six months and you ain't come. Yeah. Yeah. A little bunch of sissies running around telling everybody else about Brother Mike. Come tell Brother Mike about yeah, Brother Mike. Yeah. Amen. Take that book and slap you upside the head with it. And if that don't give you no sense, maybe we'll start opening the pages and looking at it. But they ain't want to... <laughs> Brother, Brother Curtis, listen, they ain't got, they ain't got one uh, little thimble full of desire to open that book and learn nothing. They want to be right. They don't want to do nothing unless it's hammered out on their own anvil. They don't want to do one thing but prove how good and how smart they are. That's the end of the story. That's all of it from beginning to end right there. It's a bunch of people that want things their own way. They're going to have it their own way because that's their favorite way of doing things. They're caught in a methodology loop and they ain't never getting out of it. They're religious just like a cat. They can call themselves Bible-believing Baptists all they want to, but they're a bunch of religious hypocrites, and that's all the world is. Memorize a verse of Scripture till the cows come home. But if that Scripture ain't doing something for you once it gets down in there and changing that dog into a Christian, there's something wrong with the religion you got. Amen. If the Word of God don't get in you and change how you feel about sinners and break your heart for the way youngins is going, for the way mamas is going, for the way that, that Scripture ain't doing you a bit of good, you memorize it till the cows come home. And if it ain't changing your heart from an old dog's heart to a Christian's heart, you, you're doing something wrong. You're doing something wrong. And I've seen preachers get in a, get in a mode, Ruckmanism or Hilesism or something like that and just go, 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 go. I ain't got a thing in the world against Dr. Ruckman. But listen, we're not Ruckmanites. We're Christians. We're Christians. Listen, I can listen to Ruckman or I can listen to Ian Paisley, a Presbyterian, or a, or a Presbyterian, uh, what, what's that guy's name, uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones. I can listen to anybody preach. I'm not in a preaching competition. I'm not in, a, I'm not in some kind of orthodoxy competition. I'm not in a denominational competition. All I am is a Christian, and I'm trying not to be a dog as much as I can help it. Amen. Brother Earl preached you a message this morning in Sunday school telling you what hypocrites we are. We're fleshly, and we're saved. Those two things are in conflict with one another. The old you don't even like the new you. The old you don't like Jesus or the Bible or prayer or nothing like that. And if you don't, if you're going to have to fight him or next day thing, you know you'll be a dog yeah. running back to your vomit. Set, let the dog sit in there going, you're going to drop something? You're going to drop something? You're going to get something that's going to benefit me? Huh, huh, huh? You're going to do it? When's the last time? I don't know. Some of you probably got a dog that'll go out and catch you a rabbit and drop it on your front door. I don't know. But uh, when's the last time your dog come up and say, what, what can I do for you today? They ain't looking to do nothing for you. And the only reason, the only reason they'll do them tricks you taught them is so they can get a snack. Yeah. Amen. The, the Bible talks about inordinate affections. And people do it. And, and listen, if you live alone, you've got a dog. I'm not talking about you. Don't get upset with me. I know there's some people like that. But mo people love dogs more than they love people most of the time. We've got some ladies here. I said something about Miss Faye's dog. She loves her dogs. But I guarantee you, you've seen her walk the walk of a Christian lady. You know she loves people more than them things. Amen. There, there's some people that blow my mind when it comes to dogs. And, and then people don't know as much as they think they do either. Anyway, I'm not going to tell you that story. It'll be another 10 minutes. Desperate for comfort. Desperate for comfort. I've got to be comfortable. I've got to be comfortable. It's best not to get comfortable down here in this world. I, I want to be comfortable as much as anybody else. I'm not really saying nothing against that. But what I'm saying is you're going to have to realize the Bible says we're strangers and pilgrims here. Christians, you can't get comfortable here. That old song says, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Amen. My treasures are laid up 
somewhere beyond the blue. That's the, the, Brother Nathan preached one of the best messages I've ever heard here several years ago out of, uh, out of the book of Colossians, I believe it is. It says, set your affections on things. Affection. There's only one. I always misquote that. Set your affections on things above. That ain't what it says. Set your affection. Yeah. Affection. Well, this is a key point in the sermon here. Listen to this. Set your affection. Is that one or two? That's one. We've got a school teacher back there. She agrees with me. Affection, it's one, ain't it? One. One affection. You know what most people that are desperate lack? They lack singleness of mind. That's why they can't get nothing done. That's why nothing goes right. That's why before they finish one task, they get bored with it and drop it and go to something else they're going to start and not finish with. Project to project to project to project, and nothing gets done because they're not satisfied with anything. There's no singleness of mind there that tells them, I'm going to do this and get it done, and then I'm going to do this and get it done. And if you don't get nothing done, there's no satisfaction or joy. You know what? The Lord takes joy in His creation. And he's got more, listen, the Lord created us and we went astray instantly. And he's been working to get us back ever since. Amen. And people stand up in church and say, oh, I don't know why the Lord loves me so much. Well, shut that mess up. Shut that mess up and get your Bible out and see. The reason why the Lord would die for you is because he's got one thing that you ain't got. It's called dedication. The de he made you, and listen, if you make some old project out in your building and it don't go right, you and me are probably going to throw it away and find something better to do. The Lord had a project and it went astray and he's been working on it to this day. That's why he loved you enough and that's why he ain't up in heaven crying and moaning about things. That's why the Lord ain't coming down here and complaining to you. Woe is me. What am I going to do? How am I going to make it? People don't love me. People are not serving me. The Lord ain't crying about that. He's just working on the ones that will. Amen. The Lord's got singleness of mind. The Lord has a one affection. It's not you, it's not me, it's not you, it's the body of Christ. He died to put people into his body. And he's got a singleness of heart about that and he's going to work on it till the working's done. He's going to work on it till the job is finished. Amen. When the payment was made, he said, it's finished. What's he now? He's on the next phase now. Amen. He's going to work. And another couple of days, he'll step out and say, okay, now this is finished. And then he'll start on something else. And, he's going to, and the reason that the Bible's staying true and the reason God ain't changed his mind one bit is he ain't never been depressed because he's sitting around doing nothing. He ain't never been bitter because he's wishing it'd be this way or wishing it'd be that way. That's why when he, t when he, said, uh, he said, this is the way it is, and a bunch of people left him, he didn't go, oh, please come back. Oh, I think, Peter, you need to get an assembly together or get a committee together and go down there and visit that fellow and see if you can't get him back. The Lord didn't say nothing about like that. He turned around and said, hey, you want to go too? Yep. He ain't trying to get a bunch of people that don't want nothing to do with him. He's trying to find somebody that wants to do what he wants to be done. And that will go a long ways for you to get rid of your desperation. Hey, if you want a big mansion you can't have, get out there and get to work for it. After you work about six months and figure out you ain't got that kind of mind power to get something like that, you say, well, maybe I'll just stick with what I got. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Amen. You might be working for a $5 million house and maybe you can only afford a $3 million house. Well, you just got to be reasonable about the thing. Well, pretty soon $3 million will get us a gallon of gas, won't it? 
working for a bunch of stuff that they can just they can just flip some numbers on the calculator and make it worthless. Well, don't you hate it when you work so hard for something and then when, about the time you get it accomplished they change the rules on you? Well, I, that was a frustrating thing about me. That's one thing that made me, hate, made me hate the Marine Corps is every time I'd get to a new duty station some fella would be like, hey man, we got it good here. This is, we get to do this and we get to do that and we get to do this. And I wouldn't be there three weeks and they'd say, now we're going to tighten up here. And... <laughs> Makes me mad. I was desperate to get out. Hey, man, I worked on that, too. <laughs> I did get an honorable discharge, praise the Lord. Hey, man, but I got out. I went in there thinking, I'm going to do 20. I said, I don't know if I can do four or not. <laughs> hey, man, I was desperate to get in, though. Six years, uh, not six years old, sixth grade, I said, I'm joining the Marine Corps. Oh, but you might could do this. You might do. I had a teacher one time say, you'd make a great lawyer. We'd get a civics class, and we got in there and argued a case and all this stuff. He said, man, you need to go on to college. I said, man, I can't afford to go home today, let alone go to college. <laughs> I, ain't going to, I said, I'm going to join the Marine Corps. Oh, you shouldn't do that. Liberal. Teacher, liberal. Amen. Of course, the Marine Corps is liberal now. A bunch of politics and stuff, but that's neither here nor there. I was desperate to do it. Got, listen, got the very thing I wanted all them years. I don't know how many years between six, I guess, I guess it's six, amen. <laughs> so I can figure out math sometimes, amen. Uh, six years, I'm going to be a Marine. I'm going to join the Marines. All of my uncles was a Marine. Grandpa was a Marine. Great-grandpa's a Marine. All of them's Marines. Got in the Marines like, what the world am I doing here? <laughs> amen. I guarantee you, I guarantee you young as I guarantee some of you adults, you're, gonna, you're chasing something right now that's got your mind off the Lord where it should be and you're so desperate to have it and when you get it, you're going to find out you're just back out wallowing in the mud. It's just a bunch of mud and if it looks good the day you get it, it's going to turn into mud. How many times you got something like that and it turns into junk? Turns into junk. These boys, when I, when I first met some of these boys here, they was all had these guns and stuff, these pellet guns. Uh, I, I forget what you call them, airsoft guns or something. I said, man, I would, that'd be fun to shoot Ruth with one of them things. <laughs> I thought about getting me one. I went home and started asking some guys that know about it. I said, no, nah, I don't know, man. I don't know. They cost a lot of money, and they break down awful fast. I said, well, I believe I'm going to do one wise thing in my life. I, ain't, I got real guns, amen. I'm not going to shoot Ruth with one of them. I promise you that. But... I got guns that got real bullets, amen? amen. That's enough for me, amen? If I, Ruth, I want to buy a new gun, which I don't ask permission, amen? I just do it. But that'd be something, wouldn't it? And this one's a toy, a grown man, amen? I just, so I, I just skipped that route. I didn't even want to explain that, amen? Anyway, anyway, listen, desperation is desperate. I got to have it, got to have it, got to have it. Get it? It's just mud yeah. or vomit. Something you gave up. See, you know, okay. Here's the moral of the story. It was in there. It was bad, so it came back up the way it went, and you vomited it out. You don't vomit for no reason. It's junk going in, and your stomach says, no reasonable human being ought to be eating this or drinking this, and it comes back out. And so, see, it was in there. Now it's out. Now you've got to go back. The dog goes back and says, he's so desperate to survive. So he can't wait till chow time when, when daddy is going to, uh, that's what they're called now, doggy daddies. That's, <laughs> that's so ridiculous, ain't it? It is ridiculous. Yeah. Inordinate affection. Yes, it is. It's a dog. Yeah. If I get tired of it, I'm shooting it. 
Amen. When we got married, some lady, and I say some lady, she was a great lady. She gave us a cat. And all of a sudden, that cat was six cats. And then all of a sudden, it was one cat, because I shot five of them. He said, wasn't that the hardest thing you ever did? I cocked a hammer back on a 22 pistol, walked right over it, and pulled the trigger, and never looked back. Pop, 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 pop. No more problems. I kept the one I liked. His name was Holstein. He was a black and white cat, looked just like a Holstein cow. That's so wonderful. For some reason, he ran away. <laughs> he got going. I've been crying over him ever since. Kitty, daddy, miss him. <laughs> ah, that's funny. That's funny. Amen. That's funny right there. <sighs> that stuff was in you. Listen, you got rid of it for a reason. You got, hey, you got rid of that beer for a reason. You got rid of that foolishness for a reason. You got rid of that boy for a reason. You got rid of that man for a reason. Amen. People, are, oh, they're abusive and they say bad things and I'm just not going to go out with them no more. Two weeks later, oh, I miss you so much. You don't know what you want. You need to grow up. You need to be locked in your room till you're 35 years old. Amen. Just don't be, don't get desperate. Right. Amen. The, the old saying is, good things come to those that wait. But a better saying than that is the saying of our Lord Jesus Christ. In your patience, possess you your souls. And if you've got possession of your own soul, you've got all the world right there. Got possession of your soul and singleness of mind and set your heart to work. And if, if this is a thing I want, then I'm going to work for it. And I guarantee you, if you don't need it or if you don't really want it, by the, before the job you get done doing in order to prepare for that thing, you'll probably get over it. You'll probably get over it. If you're, listen, if you're desperate for something, get on. If something's worth doing, like getting in a relationship or taking a job or starting your own business, if something like that's worth doing, ain't it worth getting on your face and praying about it an hour a day for like a month or two before you do it? I guarantee you if you're asking the Lord, if that, is that the right fella? Is that the right girl? Is that the right job? Is this the right career? Is this the right church to go to? I guarantee you if you're spending an hour a day praying over that stuff, you say, well, I, an hour a day, Brother Mike, praying over that an hour a day. Listen, if it ain't worth doing that, then just don't do it. Save yourself the problem. Save yourself the trouble. If it ain't worth praying about, it ain't worth doing. And if, you, if, you, if it's something, if there's something in your mind saying, I'm going to skip praying. I'm just going to skip praying. That's probably very dangerous because you're skipping it for a reason. Because you probably know God's going to say no. You probably know. Because you folks been around enough preaching. You folks been around enough Bible and enough Bible reading to know. You probably know it ain't good for you to begin with. You probably know it. You can be one of these fellas age and, and figure that out. You don't, have to be, you don't have to be 70 years old before you get a brain in your head. God give you a brain that works just as good now and probably better than it ever will. Your little brain right there in your head. I know it's a young little kid's brain, but it, I guarantee it works better than this one does. I have to work mine overtime to get it to do. I, sometimes I have to work on just remembering to say, I say, Ruth, you know that... Uh, and that's the end of the thought. It just I knew what I was going to say. It just goes away. 
up. Lord have mercy. And I think back when I could think, and when, when I was these guys' age and could think with my head and I could figure things out real good, you know what I was doing? Desperate. This girl, that girl, this girl, that girl. Uh, I'll tell you a story. And Ruth's not going to like this story, but she's heard the story before. In Bible school, not Bible school, not, not, not Bible school, in Bible camp, summer camp for little teenagers, some other church came and they brought this little girl with them. And she didn't have no daddy. She lived with the grandma, as far as I know. And uh, she wanted to be my girlfriend. And, but uh, what she also wanted to do, she said, yeah, and I told her, I'm going to the Marine Corps. I said, if you even say the word marriage, she said, I'm going to marry you. She's 14 years old. I'm going to marry you. You're going to be my husband, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a model, and I'm going to do all this. And she did all that stuff, but I didn't do it. I joined the Marine Corps like Mama said. <laughs> Amen. I'm telling you, listen, this girl, when she was 14-year-old, she, she had her whole life planned out. I'm going to, I'm going to be a model. And uh, this lady from Mary, Mary Kay, she's going to set me up. It's already a done deal. When I get 17 years old, I'm going to be finished with high school. I'm already in the program. I'll be done with it. I'm going to go out and I'm going to make all the money I want. And she got out. She, she done exactly what. I went in the Marine Corps. Amen? Amen. I went in the Marine Corps. And uh, praise the Lord, I did. She did what she said she's going to do. She's in rock videos, and uh, you can go look on YouTube or whatever. You can see her right now today on rock videos, undressed, and the world used her and chewed her up and throwed her away. She'd been married three or four times, and she got everything she wanted. And once she got it, wasn't nothing to it but dirt. Wasn't nothing to it but anxiety. Wasn't nothing to it but vomit. And that little girl has a grandpa who's a Baptist preacher in Walkertown, North Carolina. As good a preacher as you've ever heard. Had the right kind of leading and the right kind of uh, understanding as a kid and the right kind of teaching. Went to a Sunday school class that probably taught the exact same thing you heard of in Sunday school. But desperate to get some money. Desperate to get some attention. Desperate to have the world recognize how pretty she was. And she was pretty, all right. Until one of them husbands, she got cut her face down with the box cutter. And now when you go online and look at her uh, mug shot from where she's been in jail five or six times, you can see the little scar running down her face. I called Ruth in there one day and I said, look at this. That's her right there. You, you know what it is? It's wasted. A girl slipped right back out. In church, just like me. In church, just like you. Slipped right back out there. And look what she got for it. Vomit. You got rid of that stuff for a reason. Amen. I think that'll suffice tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and for your grace. I pray you'd help us, God. I see all these girls over here and these boys, God. And right out here in the congregation, there's boys and girls. God, help them to get away and stay away from that kind of desperation. Uh, Lord, help them to wait on you. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I pray, oh God, you'd help us with these things and be very merciful to us in these things, oh God. I pray, dear Lord, that you would guide, uh, guide and guard our hearts, dear God, to help us trust you and wait for you. I'm not just talking to teenagers. Lord, I'm 53 years old, and I need to remind myself of these lessons all the time. Be merciful to us, oh God. Be merciful to us, oh God. And I thank you and praise you for what you do. Brother Nathan.
I don't know if you want to uh, play or if you want to run the invitation, but listen, why don't you come tonight and ask God? I don't know what you're doing tonight, but uh, there's going to come a time in your life when you're going to run into situations that you'll get desperate about. And there's going to come a time when you're going to need God's wisdom. There's going to come a time when you need God's guidance in order to help you to get through a thing. Why don't you ask God tonight? Why don't you dedicate your heart tonight to always depending on the Lord for guidance in your life? The things you got now, you ought to be thankful of. Some of you fellas ought to get down here and say, thank God for a good wife. Thank God for a good husband. You ladies do that, and you fellas don't do nothing like that. Get down here and say, God, I want you to lead my life and guide my life. While, while Brother Nathan plays, you do as the Lord directs you. Now, I've sometimes I get a little, uh, I don't know what the word is, transparent about some things. But that's what's necessary, I think, is to say things plain and give a good illustration about it. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask you tonight to confess your sins or tell, give any gory details. But I wonder, uh, before we close here tonight, we'll close here in just a minute. We're not going to drag it out by keep adding to the sermon, but I wonder if some of you, ladies or men, might be willing to testify over something you was desperate for. Desperate. You don't have to give all the gory details, but you realized after you got it or after you had made some kind of hurried, desperate decision, it turned out bad. Again, you don't have to give every detail like, like I might do because I ain't got no better sense than to do that, but maybe you could... Just give a testimony and say, hey, I, I, I did this or that, and the Lord taught me a lesson through it, and God helped me with it. And that's really what we want, is a testimony of God's goodness helping us because people do such silly things for desperation's sake, desperate for comfort, or desperate for attention, or desperate to be popular, desperate for the world's approval. Or, people get a rush out of that. So people's approval is almost as hard as a drug. It's almost as satisfying to a person as a drug is. It's very true, very true. Now, I'll give you a minute to think about that, and 
If you want to say something, fine. And if you don't, we'll close and go eat a hot dog or something. You want to add something to that? You go ahead. All right, somebody's going to come up after church and say, oh, my heart was beating, I should have said. If that's not the case, I'm not trying to work that up, but it never fails. They'll say, I thought I should say that, but I just didn't. You know, from time to time, people need to hear it from more than just a preacher. They, they need to see people are actually going through these things. Uh, we like to be, I like to be tough. I, I like Ruth. I could have never, they was in their bench press, and I could have never done that if Ruth was not in the room. I mean, you got to, you want to be strong, amen. You want to be strong. And sometimes, fellas, you've got to be willing to say, son, I made some mistakes too. you so desperate for them boys to turn out good, but you're going to have to say, well, I made some mistakes. I, I understand where you're at. Sometimes Ruth will say to Reese, he's got to do something. And I like to kind of take the upper hand and raise my boy. And I say, no, I'm not going to let that go because I remember. I remember what that was like as a boy. And I, so I'm going to do something just a little bit different from that. And I'm not contradicting her. I just want my boy to know and I want my daughters to know that I understand what it's like. I understand. I want, uh, I want the next generation of uh, Bible-believing Christians to understand that there's no difference between preachers and people. And it's not a bunch of us that's holy and a bunch of y'all that need to get right with God. We all need to trust the Lord. Preachers have, uh, the Lord don't give me no free rides. He don't give Nathan a free ride and just dump everything in his lap. Nathan had to pray for things just like you, and I got to pray for things just like you. And some of, you, some of you kids would be surprised to know that some of your moms and dads faced the same things that you did. And sometimes they made good decisions and sometimes they made bad decisions. All right. Well, maybe the Lord will lead you on during the week. Maybe you need to think about what you say before you say it. But I think that's sufficient, brother, as long as that, that's what you, whatever you want to do.